found that parenthood ends up being this perfect intersection between our ancient faith and our modern world because my kids, as they're growing up, they're experiencing things in our current world. But I find that all the wisdom that comes in guiding them is from our ancient faith. And because God is the same yesterday and today and forever, you know. It we're jumping back into our summer reading list with a reminder that we're in charge. Madonna Lewindy joins Father Anthony to discuss her passion for building a church culture that embraces the littlest of congregants by giving them and their caregivers the tools they need to be active participants in liturgical services. Today's featured resource is the complete preschool program guide and curriculum available now for free at stsaministries.org. Well, welcome back to the Bringing an Ancient Faith to a Modern World podcast. My name is Father Anthony, and as you see here today, we have a special treat. And that's because um, during the summer months, we're doing something fun called summer reading, where I get to be the one not answering the questions, but asking the questions. And we have a great guest lined up for you today, uh, who I'll introduce in a minute. Uh, but the reason that we're doing this is because part of bringing an ancient faith to a modern world is, is about understanding more about ourselves and our faith and our church and the culture that we live in. And one of the best ways that I've always believed in to learn more is through books. I've always believed that, you know, when we read more um, then we allow ourselves to be mentored and taught by people that we'll never ever meet um, otherwise on a variety of topics um, that we may never get to, to learn about otherwise. So that's why we're excited during the summer series to interview different authors who are passionate about different topics and understand how they're fulfilling their own mission through their writing and today, I am excited to introduce my dear, dear, dear friend, Miss Ma Mrs. Madonna Lewindi. Welcome to the show, Madonna. Thanks, Abuna, for having me. Our pleasure. So for those who don't know Madonna, first of all, where have you been? How do you not know Madonna by now? Madonna <laughs> is a former elementary school teacher who's now a stay-at-home mom to two young children um, and a wife to an Army officer. She's also a contributor to Bridges to Orthodoxy Teen Curriculum uh, for Sunday schools, and she's a co-host of her own podcast called Raising Up Cops, of which I'm a subscriber. <laughs> Most recently, she also published a children's book, which is what we're here to talk about today, which is called I'm in Charge, which is now available for pre-order. Isn't that right, Madonna? Yep, that's exactly right, Abuna. There's lots of ways to get it, but um, I just want to tell you a little bit about the book, and hopefully I entice you enough to go look at it. <laughs> Um, but the book is called I'm in Charge, and it is uh, Learning Self-Control in Divine Liturgy. And we wrote this, or I wrote this book with my kids pretty much. So last year during the pandemic, when we had to kind of do um, Holy Week at home, there was that day when we talked about Jesus cursing the fig tree and Jesus walking into the temple and seeing people like misbehaving and they were just, you know, disrespecting the church. And so my kids and I had a conversation. We said, like, what are the things that we should be doing when we are in church? And we ended up talking about how it's not just our bodies that we need to learn to control, but also our hearts and our minds. And so we ended up making what became the prototype to this book, wrote it together, got some ideas from my kids who are five and three. And uh, as I shared it with friends, we decided that this was something that I think more people would uh, enjoy or hopefully benefit from. And so we turned it into reality. So now it's a real book out there. That's great. That is great. There's nothing better. Everyone who's listening, there's nothing better than when God puts something on your heart in particular, that you do something about it. You take a step of, which I'm sure was a hard step and a courageous step for you, Madonna, 
Um, but Madonna had no choice because those who don't know, I wrote a book several years ago and Madonna is one of the primary reasons that I did it because she kept telling me, if God puts this on your heart, you got to do it. And I didn't want to do it. And it was a lot of work. And that's why when she came to me and said she had this idea, I said, payback that time now. Now <laughs> payback. Okay. So now you have to do it. Good for you, and Madonna. I think it's safe uh, to say if it was the best thing we did for each other, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So Madonna, you talked about keeping kids engaged in church services. You said you got five and three. Um, but when it comes to keeping kids engaged in church services, it's important that I, I hope our, our, our listening audience knows it's not just about the kids, it's about the families. And I've always believed that when it comes to building a church and having a church, there's two things that you have to take care of for people to come to your church. Number one is their cars, and number two is their children, okay? And I, I say that jokingly, but not really. If people don't have a place to park, they're probably not going to stick with you for very long. And number two, if their kids don't like coming to your church and their kids aren't engaged. So Madonna, tell us about the struggles from a young family's perspective when it comes to keeping kids engaged in church services. Full confession, when like way back when my kids were way back, I mean, they're only five and three, but when they were very young infants, I brought them to church expecting them to act the same way that I as an adult did. And that's just ridiculous. <laughs> like if we're being honest, I think it's easy for us to think of kids as an obstacle to doing things. And that could be in anything, whether that's for work or for play or eating at a restaurant, in this case, church. But I think the distinction is that while it is, they are a challenge and it is a challenge to be at church with them, they're not obstacles. So in my humble opinion, I do think that we just need to adjust our expectations a little bit of how these activities will look. So in our family, for example, we've chosen that um, we go for quality over quantity. And this is something that Abuna and I have kind of talked about before. I don't bring my kids to church the same time that Abuna and the deacons show up and hope that they will have a very successful mm -hmm. liturgy. I kind of bring them at an amount of time that I think is appropriate for their age, but I don't come bringing toys and, and food for them. I mm -hmm. come thinking they're going to they're going to be there as much as they can, even if it's a little bit, to focus and do the best they can. And then that's kind of how we are um, having them come to church. It is difficult to expect adult expectations from children. And I think if we just manage our expectations a bit, it won't feel as much of a challenge as it does for, I think, a lot of people right now. Mm -hmm. And I love that concept okay so i'm going to reiterate that one because i think it's so important for parents to listen to is the goal is quality not quantity which i feel like sometimes we're tempted to do the opposite you know i got my kid to be there for all of good friday from start to finish yeah but the second that he has a choice he's never going to go back because he associates torture and misery with it we don't gain anything in that situation so i love exactly what you said in terms of focusing on quality and i'll do a little confession right here something that um, Madonna helped me with. Um, what, I, what I love about what you're saying is, you're saying is, is the goal is not just to get them into the church and sitting there. And also when it comes to the outside the, the church things, the goal is to engage them at an age appropriate level, which I'll be honest, sometimes as a parent, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but we just kind of take the easy way out. And at the, at, during Lent, okay, you and I had a conversation in church um, and you were kind of talking about kids and fasting and you were saying, I'm the priest of the church. Okay. So you were saying, father, Anthony, what do you do with your kids and fasting? And I'm like, well, we just let them drink milk, you know, or let them whatever for their protein, which is 
you know, is the lazy way. And, and, and you said, no, you know, there's ways, there's age appropriate ways to get kids to fast. So I really appreciate that. Um, and I respect that. Um, so along, along those lines, why do you think it's important for families um, and, and kids to keep coming to church and engage in some of these practices? Like, why not just say, okay, they'll fast when they're older or they'll go to church when they're older. Like we want to be age appropriate and not push too much, but we also, you know, again, the story with the fasting is to challenge them in a way that they can. Why is that so important? That's a great question, Abuna. Mm -hmm. I mean, from the moment we bring our children home, all the leading childcare experts say, create a routine, create a routine, create a habit for these kids, create a routine for their morning, create a routine before their bedtime so that they're able to fall asleep easily. There's so many things revolving around just creating that routine. And the purpose of a routine is um, to make something habitual and to also make it comfortable and predictable for kids. I think that church is no different. If we wait until they're older, I mean, how many of us get thrown into a brand new situation where the expectations are high and we do well? It's not really that easy. So I think that if we start them young from the beginning, bringing them from what they're what they can do, and more and more will add to it. At least it's making church like a home for them. It's becoming second nature. It's it's comfortable. It's somewhere that they go and they know what they're supposed to do. It's not like all of a sudden you go in and all these things are happening and you know and and our Orthodox Church is so beautiful that it engages all the senses, which for a child can be a lot if they're not prepared for that. And so um, we don't want them to go into church and feel timid and uncomfortable or even have unrealistic expectations. You know, kids are no different than adults in that way. We, we like to know what's about to happen. Mm -hmm. And so starting young and, you know, getting them as much as they can with whatever is appropriate for them really helps. And waiting, I, in my opinion, would probably hurt or delay that process of making them comfortable in the church. And I mean that not just, you know, the liturgy on Sunday, but even, mm -hmm. you know, going to Sunday school or um, attending Vespers, doing the, the fasting, any of the community service events, all of that, when it becomes a part of their lifestyle, they tend to own it more when it is something that they've done from when they were young versus mm -hmm. waiting. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you how I see that, um, you know, when, when there's a, someone who's joining the church who didn't grow up in any church, you know, we have some people who are, you know, thanks be to God who joined the church and they didn't grow up in any church. And the two things that I've seen with, with them that are really difficult, which you wouldn't think, oftentimes it's giving and fasting. Those are the two that if you didn't grow up with it, um, it's a challenge. If, if someone who has never been taught to give a dollar and all of a sudden you start talking about 10%, you say, you know, why should, why should I give 10%? Like the, yeah. you know, the sales tax is 4%. Why is the church tax 10%? <laughs> you know, and then fasting is the other one. Like what difference does it make if I eat this or this? So your point about um, getting our kids to in an age appropriate way to start to get used to those things, I think is so important. Um, and I'm going to shift gears slightly, but I think it's still the same topic, but I want to kind of go to a different topic of like evangelism. And you, Madonna, know as, as a, core member of STSA is that our mission is bringing an ancient faith to a modern world. So let's connect that to children. And in what ways have your kids been able to help you fulfill that mission as a member of our church? 
Um, parenthood, much like marriage, is such a refining process, right? It's not something that you kind of just know what to do. But through it, you learn a lot about yourself. You learn a lot about your relationship with God. Um, and so I found that parenthood ends up being this perfect intersection between our ancient faith and our modern world, because my kids, as they're growing up, they're experiencing things in our current world. But I find that all the wisdom that comes in guiding them is from our ancient faith. And because God is the same yesterday and today and forever, you know, it, it draws on this idea of church being like home where it's comfortable. So when things in the modern world don't fit into that comfortable place at church in my mind or that my parents created for me and that I'm trying to create for my parents, I know that something might be wrong with it. So whether it's an idea or a mindset or a culture shift, I know that um, I'm drawing on my ancient faith to relate to this modern world. But I, I find especially in STSA, um, to brag about ourselves a little bit. I think we do a really great job of creating communities that bring these relevant modern topics and we challenge them uh, and we challenge what we know through the lens of orthodoxy. So I found that I've learned about myself a lot more through these current issues that, are, that my kids are facing and um, using my ancient faith to help guide all of us through that. So I think it's been a great resource for me. And that's great how, again, you're connecting what you're learning, what you're going through, what you're seeing with what your children are. And it's not, you know, leave me alone. I have my own things to worry about. You know, you're just in preschool. You're just in kindergarten. But the, the, the whole is connected there, which, which I love. Um, since you talked about church, you know, let me ask you a different question, which is what ways do you think the church communities um, all over can support young families and children in applying that ancient faith to the modern world that these kids face. Yeah, you know, when I think a lot of us have gone, or I think most of us have really gone through that thought process that we are the only ones going through a struggle. And in parenthood, especially when you see your kid, you know, acting wild or things are not going as planned, we tend to be like, oh, like you think you're a failure, you think you're doing something wrong. I, and I think when you feel like that, it can feel a little depleting and a little bit hopeless. Um, but I think if we stay plugged into a community like the church, we have that perspective on our situation. It's easier for us to see our, our kids through the lens of the, you know, the general masses almost. It's never only you struggling, almost never only you struggling, whether it's related to personal struggles or even marriage and, and especially in parenting. So I think when we provide an outlet for that um, support where people, the same type of people are going through the same type of things, you find that you are supported, you're comforted, um, you're encouraged, there's hope there. And I guess the really other big thing that I would want to share in this is just when we are at church, when we are at these events, just being able to show grace to those around us. It's easy when we're in liturgy, for example, to get frustrated by the noise of kids or, you know, to give a little side eye to the parent you don't agree with. Um, but I would say that, you know, if we just remember where we came from and understanding that really 99% of the time, each person is doing the, the best that they can in that moment. So I think remembering that and refraining from, you know, um, making families uncomfortable with coming because of their kid doing normal kid things in liturgy and in other church services is, is really helpful. And I, and I think our church does such a fabulous job of that in, in so many ways, the groups that we provide and the things that we provide during liturgy to keep the kids engaged, I think has been so helpful. Absolutely. And I'll tell you one of the other things that makes it 
um, such a good environment for kids is I'm going to go back to the parents now. One of the things that we did at STSA, and I, I don't know if, if you remember this or not, but I, at one point in time, I, I saw that there was this like the parents are over there and then the other people are looking at them, like the people with the kids and everyone. So I called basically for two meetings and I wanted to do a meeting with the parents, a meeting, or actually it was a meeting with the parents and something announced to the whole church. And the meeting with the parents was, look, our number one priority is to care about our neighbor. So we have to do whatever it is that we can so that our neighbor is comfortable worshiping. And then I went to the whole church and I said, hey, everyone, our number one priority is to care about those with kids mm-hmm. and do whatever it is to make them because I feel like that's the principle of Christianity is not each one looking out for themselves. And this is what I want. And it's my kid. He can do whatever he wants. But tell those kids to be quiet. And so the, the principle has to be inside the church is that each one cares about the person next to them more than themselves. And I think we do, you know, I think we have a great spirit in terms of that, that truly that the, the parents are thinking to themselves, how can I support those without kids so that they can worship, um, but also be there, you know, to, for my kids. And then those without kids, are very gracious in saying, you know what, we get it. We want to help you and serve you. So that's the way the church community is supposed to go. So yeah, I, I like that. So, okay, one more question, Madonna, I'm asking you not related about anything about your book, but since we talk about books and books are so important and books are how we can be discipled by people that we may never meet, tell us about one uh, book that you're reading um, and what it's about. So actually, this year, I'm going to be tackling homeschooling uh, my oldest daughter in, for first grade. And so I, there's this book that's really popular in the homeschooling circuit. It's called The Call of the Wild and Free, Reclaiming Wonder in Your Child's Education. And it's on my book list this summer. And it's supposed to challenge my ideas of what education should look like and what my time with my kids should look like, not just in the terms of education, but just how I'm intentionally spending time with them. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. I've heard so many great things. So it's definitely on my list this, this year. Okay, a homeschooling book. I, I would say I'm gonna pick myself up a copy of it, but we are on the other end of the spectrum. Okay, <laughs> we are, are going into our junior year of high school with my son. Oh my freshman gosh. Freshman year in high school. Yeah, so we're driving around here. So we are the opposite <laughs> end. We are, are you know looking at kind of, the, the the empty nest phase hopefully coming soon so but thank you so much for sharing that hope that you enjoy it now uh last thing madonna tell us about your book right here and tell us where people can get it okay and um, where they can find it online for sure so uh the book is i'm in charge learning self-control and divine liturgy um and for me this book was more about um instead of us parents nagging our kids and telling them here's what you should and shouldn't do when you're in liturgy I wanted it to be more of an empowering book for kids. So I wanted them to kind of be able to think that God gave us free will and gave us control over our bodies. So it is not beyond you to be able to make your heart, your mind and your body do what you want it to do in liturgy. And the book also gives them ideas of what they can do when their body is not cooperating. Um, And I hope that you all benefit from it, but you can purchase this book at the Coptic Dad and Mom website or for a link it's copt.me slash in charge or also you can follow me on instagram at madonna underscore rights for regular updates and more information about that thank you for sharing and once again the book is called i'm in charge i'm in charge by madonna lewindy learning self-control in the divine liturgy and as someone who was lucky enough to get an advanced copy of the book i will tell you that it is great i'm not just saying this because she's there 
The illustrations are professional. They are yes. very high quality. The content is great. I really, really think that, that all parents should go out and grab a copy of this book uh, for their kids because it's a, it's a beautiful message. But it's not just a beautiful message. It's a beautiful message in a beautiful display, okay, which thank we you. don't always find with the, the, the kids' books. So thank you so much for joining us, Madonna. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, Abuna. And thank you all for joining us today on this podcast, and thank you for listening in. Be sure to join us next time as we continue our summer reading series, and hopefully we will uh, see you then. Thanks, everyone. To listen to previous episodes or access all of our free resources, join the community at stsaministries.org.